0: Welcome everybody to the Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. Hope you are well. COVID-19 continues to rage on. It's August. It doesn't seem like this is really ending anytime soon. Um, My question on a personal note, of course narcissistically it's always about me and my personal life and my wife's personal life, which is what are we doing for date night are we walking around a lake yet again uh, with a mask or without a mask either way i mean speaking of masks what am i going to go to the grocery store again and get down aisle 17 and get some peanut butter with a mask i mean it's getting ridiculous to the point where my wife and i uh, now going to the pool that's right hey congratulations we're at the pool oh wait a minute there's really nobody at the pool. We're pretty much having to make online reservations to swim for an hour in one lane, one lap. Wear a mask. Don't worry, I'm not wearing the mask. Literally, while I'm swimming, that would be a wet mask and a problem. But literally, when you get out of the pool, uh, hello, put on the mask. Boom. So, so it's like, uh, you know, the mask police are everywhere, uh, and, and it's kind of getting a little ridiculous. Uh, having said that, uh, speaking about ridiculous. How about churches under attack in the age of COVID 19? You know, Patrick Henry once said, Give me liberty or give me death. But Pastor Rob McCoy, out in California is saying, "Give me liberty, or just give me a misdemeanor and throw me in jail," because I want to hold a church service. I mean, that's basically what's going on out there in Newberry Park, California, about an hour or so uh, from Los Angeles. He has been forbidden to hold indoor worship services, and he says, "Give me a break." I got, let me tell you what you can do with your temporary restraining order. Now he doesn't talk like he's from New York, and he's a pastor. He's a great guy, but he's pretty much saying that now. He'll explain why, from a biblical standpoint, why he is uh, basically saying no to this uh, restraining order. Uh, He's on the podcast today. By the way, quick little uh, programming note, JustTheNews.com, that's where you want to go for my podcast called The Pod's Honest Truth. Also, John Solomon Reports is on this network as well. Cheryl Atkinson's podcast too. And then, of course, Scott Rasmussen, Number of the Day, the new podcast on the network where he breaks down a specific poll number and looks at it. Don't worry. It's not geeky at all. It's actually very, very interesting. I'd highly recommend it. One time I said to my wife, hey, let's listen to Scott Scott Rasmussen's poll uh, number of the day podcast uh, for date night. And she said, honey, we're not listening to a podcast for a date night. I said, that's fine. So, so we listened to it another day. Uh, but bottom line is, even if it's not for date night, it's definitely good solid information. All right, back in a moment with Pastor Rob McCoy. COVID-19 and churches. What in the world is going on? Back in a moment on The Pies Honest Truth.
1: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico it's and not or see what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in america
0: and welcome back everybody to the pods honest truth with david brody time now for our special guest on the podcast today pastor rob mccoy from godspeak calvary chapel church in newberry park California, about an hour or so north of Los Angeles. I've known Rob McCoy, my goodness, for uh, my goodness, if, if was, has it been 10 years? It's been close to 10 years, five to 10 years. I don't know, somewhere in that uh, range. Uh, so look, I, I've known him for a long time uh, and this guy is uh, salt of the earth. I mean, he, he doesn't, you know, he's just all about it's not just apologetics, it is just literally taking the Bible verse by verse and going through it uh, and really sticking to the Word of God. Now look, he's in Ventura County, okay, this is where they put the temporary restraining order uh, on him and his church, and he's going to explain all of this because it's been going on since basically uh, this whole thing began in late March, early April. His point, and, and he'll get into all of this, but look, If you look at the data from Ventura County in California, it's one one hundredth of one percent of people in Ventura County that are getting COVID-19, and yet the church has been deemed non-essential and can't open for worship. Oh, uh, if you want to open for, like, you know, helping people uh, in the community, that's fine, but you can't open for worship services. What in the world? That's what Rob McCoy was asking. And here's his answers on the Pods Honest Truth. Uh, Pastor Rob McCoy, uh, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, David. It's good to be with you.
0: Well, look, uh, you're standing on the front lines. Uh, tell me a little bit about, uh, give us a little bit of the brief history as to what led up to this temporary restraining order that uh, technically you have violated. And I want to know a little bit about what happened before and then what happened after uh, today's hearing.
1: Well, who would ever thought you're standing on the front lines because you're going to church on a Sunday? I, that, that's a right. strange one to me. Yeah. Um, so th- this goes all the way back to April 4th, if you don't mind me taking you through the story.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh,
1: the, the governor basically, when the pandemic hit, and none of us knew about the severity of the virus, we were all very concerned. And the data was still coming out of China. Um, during our Holy Week, the, the governor of our state, Governor Newsom, declares the church to be non-essential, but allows cannabis distributors, liquor stores, bicycle repair shops, realtors, they're all essential. And I don't argue with that. I do argue with the fact that he called the church non-essential. So we weren't even permitted to operate in that season during Holy Week. Um, and it was that Palm Sunday was the first Sunday of the month is when we practice the sacrament of, of communion. And he wouldn't permit us even to take communion, even if we followed CDC guidelines. And I I just couldn't do that. It it, it had nothing to do with endangering our community. We followed CDC guidelines and the press came out in droves because they, you know, everyone was declaring, we're going to kill the entire community. And a sanctuary that holds 400 plus seats, we had 10 chairs. And and everyone wore masks and all the elements were sealed. We sprayed everything down and we operate, we clean the place top to bottom. The press came out and to their credit, they covered it well and realized it was the cleanest place in Ventura County, if not California. You could have done an operation in there. Mm-hmm. And the, and people waited in line six feet apart for hours to take communion. Mm-hmm. And we followed that process. And then uh, we were waiting to reopen the church on May 31st, which was Pentecost Sunday. And uh, and I told the sheriff um, that, that we were going to open. We would follow the social distancing. The governor said 100 people or 25%, whatever is less. So we had to do five services to accommodate his order, and he had to sign up, and, and I told the sheriff we'll be abiding by it because the sheriff had to send deputies down to Los Angeles because the Black Lives Matter riots were happening.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Well, so we do that service, and then the, the governor comes out and embraces a Black Lives Matter protest. He says, I'm backing you, and it's absolute pandemonium. Seventy-five percent of the business is destroyed in Los Angeles with looting and they were forced closed by the governor. 75% of the businesses that were destroyed were Jewish businesses. Hmm. It was a crime. They devastated our our city and the governor embraced it. And at that point we said, this has nothing to do with the virus. We've done 130 Hmm. nightly live streams, educating the congregation. We've had no less than seven doctors, two psychologists. We've looked at the data of vcemergency.com, which is the county numbers. Hmm. We're watching the curve drop everything about this pandemic is is organized and directed towards one specific group of people 65 and older with comorbidity right and and we knew this and the data proved it and then we had doctors pointing out that there's medicines to address it and we were a highly educated congregation we watched the curve drop in ventura county and we realized that the death rate in Ventura County, 850,000 people, the death rate for COVID-19, one one hundredth of one percent. And in addition, for those who've contracted it, which is a little over 8,000, and we've tested almost 17% of our population. So mm-hmm. you can project the data. You know polling. The numbers aren't going to change. Right. Of, the, uh, of this eight, 17% of our population we tested, over 8,000 have proven positive. So, even if you take the number of deaths, which is now in the '90s, mm-hmm. it still is less than one percent of those who've contracted it with a death rate right and we know who it is they're older people. no one under thirty has died. What have we done and what is what is our supervisory board done they 've shut our schools, destroyed our businesses sixty five percent of the restaurants in our in our county will never reopen they've devastated us wow. they've released criminals into our streets. And now they're coming to prosecute a church, because on May 31st, after that Sunday, we said we're open. We're open, Mm -hmm. and we began to host services for four months with not one case reported from from a congregant to any a a pastor in our church or any elder. We have we know of no one in our congregations come to us that says they've contracted COVID-19. Not one. We have ionization machines, UV lights. We're mindful. But there's no social distancing, no masks, because we've looked at the data. Social distancing is irrelevant. Masks don't seem it's a 50-50 when you look at the peer-reviewed data.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And now they're frustrated. And so these, these supervisors vote, and only three of the five voted. It wasn't even unanimous. And it was it was totally partisan. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. were just upset we were violating their order because they they're impudent. They just are so frustrated by us. So they, they push and they get an attorney they, and they spend county money and they come after us and they get awarded a emergency temporary restraining order, which, of course, we were in contempt of. We violated it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then now they're coming after us again.
0: So where does it go from here, uh, Pastor? Uh, wh- what's going to exactly happen uh, from, from this point in the next few weeks? What are you expecting?
1: Well, the the contempt of court could result in jail. Uh, certainly, there'll be a fine of, affiliated with it. Um, to the amount, I don't know. I've, I've been told $10,000 or higher, or even jail time. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But the order itself was very draconian, because not only did they name me in the restraining order, they stated one to a 1,000 congregants or visitors, to right. God speak, Calvary Chapel. And not just coming in the building, outside in the parking lot, anywhere where we're meeting, anywhere in the county, including unincorporated areas where we're not practicing safe distance or masks. They'll cite one to a thousand unnamed what they call does, whether congregants or visitors. Getting a a citation
0: for going to church.
1: Yeah. And citations aren't, you know, you think, oh, this is just a misdemeanor. No, you, it's the equivalent of, of a drunk drive, driving thing on your record. It, it, you have a, a concealed carry permit, you lose that. You're in the military, you, you have a problem now with promotion. Uh, if you're a student with an NROTC scholarship, you could lose it. These are serious things that the county wants to enforce on worshiping citizens whose businesses they've destroyed, whose children they've traumatized. We haven't been able to visit our loved ones in the hospital. We haven't been able to do weddings or funerals. I mean, it's draconian for a virus that has proven deadly to a very clear segment of people. And those are victims that are tragic. I don't dismiss right, those. Right. But you don't quarantine the healthy. You quarantine the sick. And they mm-hmm. destroyed everything. Graduations have been ruined. Proms have been ruined. Their whole lives have been traumatized. This is awful. And they're not even talking about the emotional issues connected with this. There's a five times greater suicide rate when churches close. You mm-hmm. should have churches open during a pandemic. People are depressed. Alcohol consumption up 150%. Calls a suicide prevention hotline up 1,000%.
0: Right. And my understanding here is that the church, uh, God speak, and other churches can do other services, right? They just can't worship. Basically,
1: well, the governor said, first of all, you can't sing. You can't, you can't and, and you can't meet indoors. You have to go outside, and I got a kick out of that because everyone's saying, "Well, pastor, why don't you care about your neighbor and meet outside?" Where are we going to go with fifteen hundred people? Mm-hmm. And secondly, we, we've received death threats. We have protesters out here. Dangerous. We have a secure building on private property. We can control the narrative of. We have ionization machines and UV lights. We haven't had one case and they want to take us and move us into a park that they they can't declare where that is or how it's going to accommodate us mm-hmm. and here's the other kicker we declared to the judge we have ADA a, a disability act we have a pastor on staff who has a serious sun allergy he will literally die if he's in the sun for an ex, an extended period of time right and they just they dismissed all of that and you know why they want yeah. churches outside mm-hmm. I'm a was talker, so you got to stop me.
0: <laughs> no, no, tell me why. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they want churches outside because they realized they didn't have a leg to stand on when they embraced the BLM riots. Mm-hmm. And the 14th Amendment, equal application of the law, they had to say, well, okay, churches can meet, but outside just like the rioters.
0: What kind of victories did the judge give you? These are some small victories, uh, but temporarily at least. I know there was this this thought about maybe even what, uh, starting to do raids on the church inside? I mean, what, what, what did some of the county folks want to do exactly, and what did the judge decide?
1: Well, the judge decided that the, the contempt hearing wouldn't be this Friday to give our council time to prepare. They just wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, no due process. They just wanted to, to get me in front and get me out of the way and close the church. Mm-hmm. They wanted to make an example. You know, this was written by a neuro—and and, and the judge declined that. And they also wanted—they couldn't find anyone to enforce this draconian measure, so they wanted to force our sheriff's deputies to do it. We had sheriff's deputies present on Sunday, but they weren't there to arrest us. They were worshiping with us. Hmm. We have a great sheriff in this county, and that these supervisors draconianly with you know, their, their tyrannical power— they, they want they they want these deputies who have sworn to to defend the Constitution forced to invoke an a, a, an order that is just atrocious. So this letter was written by a neurosurgeon in Ventura County and he sent it to a friend of mine and the friend copied me on it and I was really moved by it. He said, and and I don't know if this neurosurgeon's a believer, I don't know who he is. I just I know my friend and I know this isn't made up, but he wrote, I cannot believe that the Ventura County really wants the optics of tyrannical suppression of freedom of religion on the national stage. These three supervisors are so blinded by their arrogance that they do not see that the data demonstrates that this church is not an epidemi- epidemiological threat to the public. Mm-hmm. They're just upset that their authority and power has been threatened and that they will now look like impudent fools if they do not follow through with their threats. But the supervisors look so ridiculous, threatening to send in armed sheriffs to stop at church service while protesters are stopping off at the Wood Ranch barbecue restaurant for a sit-down dinner down the street after their exhausting, crowded rioting. Ventura County's on the wrong side of history on this one. And then he quotes uh, from Sun Tzu uh, Art of War. He says, know the end result of the battle before you let the first arrow fly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so so that kind of speaks, Rob, to this idea of hypocrisy. You got the, the BLM and the protests and knock yourself out and don't worry about the mask. And hey, if it's for a good cause, you know, forget COVID. Oh, oh worship, worshiping God, hold whole different mask. I mean, this has become shockingly political and, and maybe even worse than just political. Yeah.
1: And that's on the national scene, even the statewide scene. But let's just go to Ventura County. You want to talk about the hypocrisy. This is fascinating. So you have five county supervisors. Two of them vote in favor of us. Three vote in opposition right down party lines. But the person that they've, they have selected to be the czar over the county is our Dr. Robert Levin, the medical officer, who is the one putting on these draconian restrictions. He's shutting breweries. Now, in California, I was an elected official. I resigned from my council position right. on April 4th when I violated the governor's order. I have to fill out a form 700 with the Fair Political Practice Commission, FPPC. I have to list all of my assets and everything I own so that there's no conflict of interest as an elected official or an appointed official serving in government capacity. Dr. Robert Levin has owned a winery for 20 years in Ventura and has never listed it on his form 700 while he's been sh- shutting down breweries and restaurants. I mean, you want to talk about a conflict of interest, Mm-hmm. This is insane, and they know it. Yeah. And the last thing they wanted was the focus on that. Now it's happened.
0: So, so uh, Rob, here here's the bottom line question on all of this: uh, Where where are we going as a country? Uh, what what has gone on specifically? I mean, today in America, this is happening. What what's your concern as we move forward? in a country it seems like a lot of people are taking advantage of this situation never let a disaster let, a, let let never let a disaster go to waste right i mean that's the a crisis go to waste if you will that's the political mantra
1: i i think this is a gift from the lord hmm. the church that has been lulled to sleep and has been complacent and, and causing the gospel to be myopic and truncated, where we, we think the entirety of our responsibilities as pastors is to get people to raise their hand to attest to the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, to be saved by grace through faith, which is critical. But he didn't say make converts. He said make disciples. Right. And somewhere along the line, we lost the understanding of the purpose of the law. We think that the law is there to show us we can't keep it, so we're saved by grace. But we were saved by grace in Genesis 15 when Abraham believed God and it was accredited to him as righteousness. Mm -hmm. That's in Romans. So why did God give the law 430 years later? Says it in Galatians 3. The law is a school teacher, it's a guardian to keep us safe, protected, and point us to Christ until faith comes. But we don't engage in the public square establishing laws, the laws of nature, nature is God, and contending for that. And we've abdicated our responsibility in the public square. And liberty isn't man's idea, it's God's idea. And and here's here's how I know that three to five million Jews were in slavery in Egypt. They cried out to God. Mm -hmm. And that's what man does he enslaves other human beings because we're just selfish. And this oligarchy of a government enslaves three to five million people. They cry out to, to the judge of the universe, Help us. He sends a deliverer by Moses. Ten plagues. And, and pharaoh even says who is god that i should obey him power makes you drunk and of course he relents he sees that you don't take on a battle with god the jews are delivered delivered pharaoh's armies drown they get out in the wilderness clothes don't wear out shoes don't wear out food every day water every day miraculously moses goes up on mount sinai god gives him a downloaded moral app First five commandments, God, second five commandments, relationship with each other. He comes down. When he comes down, they are in complete debauchery, golden calf, party going on. He takes that moral law, and he puts it in the center of the community. And here's the greatest miracle of all. Three to five million Jews lived together for 40 years without a police force or a standing army. Mm. Only a moral people can govern a republic, and the church has been woefully silent because we've been content with people raising their hands and putting money in the bag. But we have to engage in the public square because this experiment in liberty, which is God's idea, it has to be defended by the churches. And and we have to be the first to stand. And if we don't, Christ said, I've come that you would know the truth and the truth would set you free. The apostle Paul wrote in Galatians 6, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty for which Christ has set you free. He was in prison when he wrote that. Liberty is precious to God. And this nation was conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. 6,000 years of recorded history. Every government's an oligarchy except for this little blip of time, 244 years. And this freedom we've been given, it's 4% of the population is responsible for the greatest achievements and the most accumulation of wealth the world has ever known. You, You go to any country in the world and you go to a skyscraper, that's because a, an American invented the elevator. Mm-hmm. You, go to, you go to cities in the desert, and those buildings can exist because an American invented air conditioning. You mm-hmm. fly there on a plane that an American invented. We're on the, the, the internet right now because an American invented it. That's freedom.
0: So you see this act of what you're doing as not just civil, civil disobedience, but obedience to
1: God in a way? I'm not, I'm not being disobedient to anybody. I'm being mm-hmm. obedient to God. Right and the government right. is on his shoulders, and no government no Caesar is greater than God no, no government gets in the way of worshiping the one who created us we're living on his dirt breathing his air drinking his water and eating his food and we're going to live by his rules hmm. and and he knows that governments are are weak and that we're to submit to all authority i'm not I'm not I'm not failing to abide by Romans 13. If, if people want to accuse me of that, it says that we're to honor the, those in authority. God's appointed them. There's no authority that hasn't been appointed by, but that which has been appointed by God. They're, they're his instruments for our good. And then he goes on to say that they carry the sword, a weapon, and they're, they're, they're ministers of justice to execute wrath on those who would do evil. I believe that entirety of the passage, and they're there for our good. And the cool thing about being in a constitutional republic in America is we know who the authority is in Romans 13. It's found in the first three words of the preamble, we the people. They govern by our consent, and they're bound by a constitution. They're not permitted to violate. The judge said constitutional rights. I knew he didn't know it, because there are no rights in the Constitution. The Constitution doesn't give us any rights. It is there to protect our inalienable rights from a government that would seek to steal them. And how do we defend ourselves from a government that gets more powerful? Well, we are given the sword as instruments, as ministers of justice. That sword is a second amendment. This is a fascinating form of government. Yeah. It's committed to freedom, liberty.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, sometimes uh, it, it can be hard to judge someone's motive, obviously, but with Gavin Newsom... How nefarious is all of this, in your view, as to what uh, we know—the politics, we know his politics, we know the state of California? How concerned are you that that the motive behind this has a nefarious nature to it?
1: Well, I would encourage every pastor to serve in a in a in a civic position in some time in their life, because. It, it helps you separate and understand that the gospel doesn't conflict with politics. Mm. What you come to realize is they're ideologically opposed to you, but you come to realize they're pretty cool people and, and people aren't the enemy. They're the opportunity. And you contend in the public square for those ideas. But if, if you just back away and say politics is dirty and I don't do it, mm. or I'm tired of voting for the lesser two evils, that's lazy. But when you step into the public square, you meet some pretty amazing people that are trapped in bad ideology, and you love them into understanding. Love hopes all things. I, I, I call him Governor Mussolini, and I have fun with it, and I'd say it to his face, just jokingly. Just jokingly. Anyway. No, I would. I, I, I know I, you I, would. I, just, I know you would. I had fun with it. But, but and, and Shannon Grove, who's our, our Senate minority leader, she meets with the governor. And she has a love for that man. She prays for him. She's she's shared with him a, a, about the Lord and talked You're calling it singing. It's worship, Governor. You don't understand what these people th- how important this is, and he doesn't know. But how will they know unless someone tells them? And so we label them as the enemy, and we we consider them worthy of the fires of hell. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. And I I'm doing this because I want a guy like him to come to know the Lord. Mm -hmm. I'm fighting for him just as much as for you and everyone else. That's where a pastor is critical because you don't start destroying people. Now, when they step over the line and they start using the sword they possess to suppress other people and hurt them, Mm -hmm. then you push back. But right now, I'm resisting with ideology. And I know that he has the ability to find me and imprison me. I'm good with that. And, And the cool thing about lions and when you're putting a den with them and you're on god's side they just don't have a taste for your flesh
0: hmm you know it looks like you're part of this new black robe regiment that's what it looks like
1: you I got a pulpit a you got a pulpit I got a pulpit. I got a pulpit i got a mouth on me that's for sure i'm <laughs> irish Scottish.
0: pastor Ramacoy, thanks so much for being here
1: appreciate it david you are a blessing thanks brother Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
0: That is Pastor Rob McCoy here on the pod's Honest Truth. Some final comments before we leave you. Look, folks, we're in a civil war. We're in a cultural civil war in this country. We are in an upside-down, 180-degree society, completely turned, flipped, upside down. It's insane. And, you know, back in the Revolutionary War days, we had something known as the Black Robe Regiment, Uh, this idea that pastors would speak boldly from the political, moral, and cultural issues of the day right around that key moment in American history when those patriots at the time, stood up to this British monarchy uh, that was oppressive. And a lot of that cultural, political, and moral issue of the day talk was coming straight from the pulpit, from pastors. And, you know, Peter Muhlenberg, a general at the time, said the following, There is a time for all things, a time to preach, and a time to pray, but those times have passed away. There is a time to fight, and that time has come. That from the Reverend Peter Muhlenberg, one of the Black Robe Regiment founding fathers, if you will, who said, enough is enough. Look, I'm all about the Cracker Barrel Sunday brunch. Phenomenal. Speaking, preaching from the pulpit, extremely important. Making disciples of folks out there in the world telling people about jesus absolutely our number one job but we also have a job to do and that job is to make sure people understand what's at stake in our culture today liberty and freedom are at stake pastor rob mccoy laid that out on the podcast today and he's speaking the pod's honest truth until next time america